Today, I'm preaching about purpose. I'm preaching on purpose about purpose. So, why are you here? At the beginning of a new year, I want us to focus on that and wrestle with it a little bit today as we're closing out this sermon series called The Plan. And this sermon series has not been the easiest, most like, you know, oh, this is just normal, I've heard it all before. This is actually a paradigm-shifting sermon series. This is actually talking about the Christian story in a larger narrative. It's called a meta-narrative. In other words, I didn't start us at the fall and place all of the evil that we experience on us. I started us, I started the story before creation. And I moved on through the story, and last week, Christmas Eve, we talked about why it is so important that God comes, the uncorrupted one coming in an uncorrupted space, that, that, that new garden, that uterus, that Mother Mary, and, and coming and expanding His order. We are agents of God's order. Today, we're talking about what that means. You are an agent of God's order because Jesus redeemed humanity all the way back to humanity's original intent. We could not have done it on our own. It took Jesus, who is the true human, to be able to do it. If you have not yet accepted Jesus' work you are unable to fulfill your role. Your purpose, you are unable to truly step into why you are. Without accepting Jesus, we are but doing the best we can, trying to parse out the good and the bad and, and, and just figuring it out and kicking against whatever is there, trying to, trying to sort it and trying to make it work. And this is... This is what we do as humans. We're, we're just trying until Jesus, who did more than try, Jesus succeeded. Thank you very much for the subtle distraction. <laughs> Love it. So, just pause and appreciate that. So humanity is still humanity is still corrupted by evil. Our decisions are still at even our best intent are still selfish. We still have ulterior motives behind even the good that we do. Isaiah says even our righteousness is the same as filthy rags. I won't get into the imagery. And and so it takes us being redeemed to allow us to actually step in to the role that you were created for. And this is brilliant because God is the one who defines purpose. In a culture that is full of self-actualization and self-definition, we actually have the grace of God saying, 
No, no, no. As your creator, I created you with a purpose in mind. I created you with a purpose in mind. When Jesus rose from the dead, he overcame Satan and the chaos. We talked about chaos, right? He overcame Satan and the chaos and the evil that Satan had created over the earth. When, he, when Jesus rose from the dead, the final judgment against Satan and evil had been sealed. Satan's condemnation and banishment from the earth is now set in stone. Thank God. Thank God. The human Jesus has created order over and against Satan's chaos. Jesus won. That's the gospel. John 16, Jesus is speaking, and he says to you, I have said these things to you, that in me you can have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And this is why 2,000 years later, we still celebrate Christmas. It sounds like the story was over. Right? Jesus won. Story's over. What are we doing here? See, we still live here, and, and this is the issue that people get confused about. When I started out being a pastor, the, the biggest question that Christians would ask me is, how do I hear God's voice? Since 2021, the biggest question that I get asked now is if Jesus defeated evil, then why does it suck so bad out there? It's the biggest question that I get asked now. Why is evil so, still present? Why do we keep on going to war? Why are we losing the drug battle? Why are we losing the mental health battle? Why do we still suffer? Today, we're going to discuss how we step into our God-given creative purpose. Jesus did win. But now, humanity must be brought to healing. Humanity must be brought to healing. Judgment isn't a light thing. Satan is defeated, but his chaos has corrupted, has corrupted humanity. God's desire is that nobody should perish. Look at this. This will be our text for today. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promises, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that anybody should perish, but that all should reach repentance. See, the problem in the world has, has always been Satan. The evil and the chaos that Satan has caused on this planet is actually the problem. We all exist inside of that, and we can't distinguish all of it, and it has is, it is affected the way that we think about it. So one of, my, one, of my one of my professors said to me, he said, there are three major threats to us. There's scarcity, there's death, and there's pride. Three major threats. If you remove these three threats, 
human behavior changes significantly. Almost every single thing that we do that messes up this world and adds to the chaos can be linked to one of these. Scarcity. I am not as generous as I could be because I am concerned that I will not have enough for myself. I, I withhold, or that was interesting, that was unintentional, um, to go back to what I was talking about earlier. I withhold because I feel the pressure of scarcity. I make decisions conservatively because of scarcity. And then I've got death. I only have so much time before, therefore, Things and people need to get out of my way so I can accomplish what I need to accomplish. Or I only have so much time before I die that, that these people become more important than those people. These are real factors that, that influence our everyday decisions. And they're brought on because of the evil and chaos in the world. It's not in my notes, but it is just true. I was free. Um... Humanity is created as the agent of God's order. That's why God created us. That's why we're placed here. But when humanity was corrupted by evil and became evil in our sin, the Bible says that you're dead. You're dead in your trespasses and sin. You're incapable of achieving your created purpose. You now can't bring order. You have no way to, to distinguish your, 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 your muddied trying to purify muddied water. It's like, it, how do you do that? You, you just can't. But in the midst of it, some people will accuse God of not moving fast enough. Well, if God could just remove evil, then that's what he should do, right? God should just remove evil. Why doesn't he then? Oh, oh, it goes, it goes worse. Tell me, tell me if you've heard this one. It actually means that if God doesn't remove evil, the fact that evil exists in the world means that God condones it and that he wants it to be there, which makes God a terrible God, right? That's the argument that happens, that if God doesn't remove evil, then he must be condoning it. And has anybody, just show a hands quickly, has anybody heard that argument? Because I definitely have, yeah, a couple of you have heard that argument. And so, Peter says in that response, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises. In other words, people are anticipating because Jesus overcame the world and overcome chaos and evil, God should just get on with it, destroy all the evil, remove Satan, and now be done with it. And we should live in the kingdom with no obstacles. But that's the problem. That would be the death of the rest of humanity outside of Jesus. Jesus just, God just getting on with it and bringing it to an end and being like, bam, done. We're done with this. That would be the death of millions. He would be destroying that which he put here for the purpose of being the solution. His judgment in that moment is the final death toll. It is the, we are done. And our verse says, our verse says, 
The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, the promise to remove the evil from the world, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you. He is patient. Today is a day of grace. He is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that everyone comes to repentance. God does not want to simply and efficiently get it done. God has a better plan. So the, the cosmic story is settled. Jesus, as the uncorrupted human, overcame Satan and chaos on earth. And Satan will be removed from the earth. The story we live in now is our willing participation in the removal of the chaos. That's what we live in right now. This is our time to participate. This is our time to push against the chaos, to say, no, God, I am going to step into my created purpose. And we're going to get into how we do that in a minute. I'm going to step into my created purpose to push against the chaos in this world. Here is a life purpose statement for you. You are given the opportunity to join with God, to fill the earth and subdue it, to be the agent of God's order on the earth in God's way. Oh, get this, to foreshadow the fulfillment of God's promises. Anybody heard that? To foreshadow the fulfillment of God's promises, to show the rest of the world what it looks like when God's order is done properly according to His way. And we have to be purified, made uncorrupted. So, this is, someone reflected, oh, what a kindness when we recognize the depth of God's patience for our benefit. What a kindness. This is not just to us, but to every single person who has not yet accepted Jesus Christ as Lord. This is the kindness that God has offered. So there is a way forward. Jesus forgives us of our sins and makes us righteous in front of God. And the entire book of Romans screams this message. Jesus tells his disciples that he's going, but he's not going to leave us alone in this chaos. He will send a helper who will be with us. John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all the things and bring you to remembrance of what I said. God will teach you all these things. The Holy Spirit is God's sacred order established in us. That's a huge sentence, and I'm going to unpack it for us. When Jesus said that he is going to send the Holy Spirit as a comforter, something powerful is happening here that should make us actually reflect on the other major points in Scripture. Take a look at this. The garden among the chaotic world was to be expanded. And this is the presence, the epicenter of God's presence in the world is in the garden. Adam and Eve are there. We know what happened. We move on. We get to, we get to 
the burning bush. And, and, and God says to Moses, remove your sandals because the place you're standing has, is sacred. It's set apart. It's holy. God's presence, establishing God's order. We move into the desert with the nomadic clan of Israel, and, and, they, are, and they are united around God's order in the presence of God in a tabernacle, spreading out into the whole world. David establishes it further into the, the kingdom of God being epicentered in Jerusalem. A city on a hill cannot be hid in the presence of God. Right in the Holy of Holies in the temple. Spread about everywhere. Jesus in Mary's womb. The order of God once again uncorrupted with the purpose of spreading everywhere. Jesus doesn't leave us alone. And now we move to the next piece. The Holy Spirit, the presence of God dwelling inside of me and inside of you, and inside of you. We have the presence of God in the exact same way as the multiple epicenter of God's order being established first in our hearts and then through our hands. A light of the world shown throughout the entire earth. God's order established through individual humans taking up the call of what it is to be human. An agent of God's order. Here you are in church on New Year's Eve and God calls you and says, be a part of my ever-expanding order in this world. By an act of your faith in Jesus Christ, I will empower you with my Holy Spirit so that you can live and be a difference maker in this world, not on an agenda that you just made up or something that was a fad on Facebook, but simply because the Holy Spirit Spirit is at work inside of you to bring about God's right order in this world in God's way. And guess what? The church has messed it up all over the place because we take upon ourselves the ways of the world to try to accommodate and make, what, make God's order happen in powerful ways. We've taken up swords. We've taken up policies. We've taken up politics. We've taken up all kinds of ways to try to make it happen. But God says, do it my way. In quietness and rest, there will be your strength. God's like, do it my way, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, and that presence and power of God that is the epicenter. Today, Devin led us in a song, and the song repeated, let our praises fill this temple. And for so many of us, we think about this, and then we go, no, this isn't the temple, this is a church, but we are the church, and what does all that mean? Okay, here's what it means. The temple, right here. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. Did you not know that your body is the temple, the epicenter of God's presence? The temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are no longer your own because you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. 
by accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior, by accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior, you have joined with God in the work of being the agent of His order in the world. You're now on a mission. You are empowered by God. A mission that you were created for. The Holy Spirit has changed you. The old is gone. And behold, all things are made new. You're purified, bought with a price, made holy, redeemed, restored, saved. What other word do you want to put on it? This is what you are. In God's presence is with you. It's not about a good feeling but actually the way of God is now written on your heart. Ezekiel 36, 26, And I will give you a new heart, a new spirit I will put in you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Romans 2, 15, They show the work of the law is written on their hearts. So, the Holy Spirit is God's presence with us, teaching us God's truth, God's order, God's ways. Is this so that God can control you? No. It's for you to be purified so that you can step into your created purpose of spreading God's order over the earth. I want to deal with Satan a little bit. Satan is absolutely no threat. Satan is no threat to those in whom God dwells. If God is in you, then Satan is no threat to you. Romans 8, 37 to 39. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, remember, death or scarcity, right? Angels or rulers, things nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we still exist among the chaos. Anybody know that? Anybody experienced that this week? Anybody experienced living among the chaos? Anybody with me still? Y'all asleep? You good? You still experience the, the chaos. But Satan's not an external threat to us or an eternal threat to us, because we've been given the Holy Spirit. We've been restored to our original purpose, to push, against the, the, to push back against the chaos, to bring order in the world. You don't have to be a priest or a pastor to bring order in this world. You could do it in your business. You could do it in your home. Some of us need to do it in our thought life. You could do it in how you actually, it's really funny, you could actually do it in how you bring order inside of your house. Simply doing chores can actually be a piece of pushing against the chaos in this world. Sorry, kids. I saw that visceral reaction. Satan will attempt to dissuade you, to deceive you, to corrupt you again and again, but you just keep coming back to Jesus to be restored. If you need forgiveness, this is where forgiveness is. You come back to Jesus to be restored, purified, put back on course, epicenter of the Holy Spirit inside of you. So why doesn't God just finish it? 
We continue with the effects of suffering and, and chaos. Why do we continue with these effects? You know, Satan's caused such a mess. And if he's not a threat to us anymore, why doesn't God just finish it? Because Satan is a mortal threat to those who don't know Jesus' victory. They are dying, and that's not what God desires. They are suffering the effects of, God, of chaos, and that's not what God desires. They are reacting to it, surviving in a cutthroat world, working towards what's best for them. They need to be redeemed and brought back into purpose. Too many people view God's judgment as the threat, but the threat is Satan's evil that's destroying humanity. God's judgment is not the threat. Satan's evil will bring every person to their end without God's intervention. God is not only defeating Satan, but fully intent on purifying and saving all of humanity. That's his desire. I desire that none would perish. Every place we go, someone wrote, every situation we find ourselves in, we have his sacred order to draw from and to bring out. So true. God is not only defeating Satan, but is fully intent on purifying and saving humanity. This is why we have the language of salvation and being saved. Because it is us being lifted from the mire and the chaos, being placed on a firm foundation of Jesus and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Jesus hasn't returned yet because when he returns, the purification is absolute. Justice is absolute. There's no, no, no acceptance of Satan's chaos in God's established order in any form. All who are corrupted and unpurified will be banished, as well as all things corrupted by the chaos will be destroyed. The promise is that God is creating a new heaven and a new earth. Like, this is huge, people. No, I did not just make a case for universalism. Thank you for that. If, if you heard that, that was not the case. God is, and I'll just go back to that point because I don't want anybody to hear that. God is not defeating Satan, but is fully intent on purifying and saving humanity. It is God's will in our text today that none should perish, but all should come to eternal life. That all should reach repentance is actually the text. So we look at that and we say this is God's will. That's his intent, but he recognizes that justice is absolute. So thank you for pausing and bringing that up. I would never want anybody to, to think that because there's such an important rescue mission going on here. Such an important rescue mission here. That, that we have a purpose that we're called into. We can't miss the absolute nature of God's justice. The absolute grace of his forbearance, not wanting any of us to perish. And please... Don't miss the abs, and please don't accuse God of the weight of the evil that's going on in the world because he should just put a stop to it. Because if God followed that advice, millions would die in their sins. And so God waits for humanity to turn to him and say, I will take up my purpose, my created purpose, to be an agent of God's order. 
I will take it up. I will believe. I will put my faith in Jesus Christ who came and defeated Satan and I will be empowered by the Holy Spirit, purified in all of my ways so that in my body I will glorify God. This is the calling as we walk into 2024. Let's, let's allow God the time to redeem humanity from the chaos that He's already won, to bring humanity into joining the body of Christ in the church, to bring God's order into chaos. So in this last day of 2023, I want you to reflect on your purpose. Why are you here? As a church, why are we here? As an individual human, why are you here? You don't get to create your own purpose statement. That leads in the way of chaos and death. God has established your purpose to be an agent of His order. We do this in our workplaces. You live at work different than your coworkers. That's God, that's participating in God's work. You live at work different than your coworkers. You do it in your social settings. You don't bow to the social values that our culture has. You live a life that's purified, holy, distinct, set apart to bring about God's order. You do it in your home. You don't fight at home the way your neighbors do. You bring about God's order. You bring about healthy communication and forgiveness and restoration. You do it in your chores. You do it when you participate in the life God calls you to. You do it when you do a promise grant as a community together. You step in and you say, we will create order here. With the power of the Holy Spirit, we will start to show the world what it looks like when God makes everything right. Someone referenced Romans eight thirty-eight. For I am persuaded, as I read earlier, that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything created will be able to separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What will you bring order to in 2024? What is the Holy Spirit placing on your heart right now to say, this needs to be brought to order. This is a place where the chaos is interrupted too much, where the, where the ways of the world are indistinguishable from the ways of my life, and I can't see Christ in it. What will you bring to order in 2024? Someone just wrote something from Tim Chalice. As church members, we see the Lord save his people, and they come into our churches with barely a shred of Christian character. 
They're addicted to sex or substances. They use their words to harm rather than to help. They have only the smallest knowledge of God and his ways. So we disciple them. We teach. We reprove. We correct. And we train. We display Christ-like love to them. And eventually, inevitably, we see the chaos replaced by order. We do this again and again as God saves more and more of his people. Chaos is chased away by order. What will you bring into order in 2024 by the power of the Holy Spirit? I'm going to invite you all to stand with me as we close out this service. Pastor Devin, can you come and play for a moment? I'm going to have Devin play because what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to I'm going to pray. He put his guitar away, so I have to cover this for a moment. I'm going to pray that God establishes something that we, that we need to bring into order, that we participate with our purpose, that we step into who God's created us to be. And when I'm done praying, the amen is actually an amen corporately, but the Holy Spirit will be doing work individually in people's hearts. And so I'm going to ask that at the end of the prayer that you give God a moment, your last moments of 2023, that you give God a moment to work in your heart, to purify you, to, to establish a purpose into 2024. Maybe it's a word. Maybe it's a project. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a relationship. But I'm going, to, I'm going to pray into that, and then you're going to sit with it and allow the Holy Spirit to work. And when you're done, I'm going to ask you to quietly make your way out of the sanctuary, either through this way here, and you can socialize, or this way here, and, and the road's over there, and whatever. And you have a happy new year. But we're going to make this place a prayer where God can work in your heart. And then I'm just going to ask that you respect the space for the people that God's still working in. We don't do conversation in here until later. Holy Spirit, Thank you for your plan that you have brought all things to this moment where humanity steps into our purpose to join you in creating order, to be the agent of God's order here on earth, to push against the darkness. God, in our hearts, we recognize that we still need to be purified. Purify us from the places that that we have not let your order touch. Sanctify our hearts. Cleanse us. And God, as we consider the end of this year and we look into 2024, Jesus, I pray that you would, that you would help establish in us places of order. Jesus, bring us to order. Help us establish order in this world that we would be as a community of believers and as individuals light on a hill that the world may see your way and walk in it. Jesus, you by your Holy Spirit speak to each one of our hearts. I pray that the words that you, that you bring are, are encouraging. In other words, to build up, to bring order to. Jesus, that you would work in our hearts knowing that you're the one who can make all this happen. And we don't do it by our own efforts, but you do it. So Jesus, we offer it to you. What would you have us build order into in 2024? In Jesus' name.